Hello. Hey. Tell me a tale. Today we're going to learn the modern history of communism in Nepal. Oh, okay. So modern tale. When you say modern, do you mean it the way that like art majors mean modern, like art history? Where do they where do they draw the line? Uh, they're like 20th century is modern. They're like, ooh, <laughs> it's a 19. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's where we start our story is okay. in the 20th century. I just mean it's not going to be the whole history of Nepal. This would be too much. It would. This itself may be too much. It may end up being a two-parter, <laughs> but hopefully not. We're going to try. We also may be interrupted uh, by a foster kitten. She's climbing all over you. Yeah, it's quite wild. So hopefully she doesn't destroy anything. If she interrupts the recording, we'll post a picture of her as tribute. Yeah, that's the plan. She has to do community service, which is letting people look at her. <laughs> If you're cute, that's how you get to do community service in the commune. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy. I don't know. We probably shouldn't make people do that. Mm, not people. Just just pets. <laughs> like your dog fucks up. Yeah. All right. So there's a brief. This is going to be situated in a brief overview sort of uh, history. All right. Because a lot of our listeners, including me until I was doing this research, like don't know much about the history of Nepal. I couldn't tell you pretty much anything about Nepal. Nepal. Do you know where it is? Uh, like south of India? Pretty close. It's north of India. Oops. But it's near India, which is, you know, better than a lot of people could do. I was getting it mixed up with Sri Lanka because we had a priest from Sri Lanka. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, South Asia, but different direction. So the history definitely won't cover everything or even most things in any sort of detail. It's going to brush past a lot of important people if you're familiar with Nepalese history. You're like, hey, where's that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Not here. You know, I'll I'll mention some people, but not nearly everyone. Uh, It's just enough historical context for the main focus, which will be communism in Nepal. We'll be focusing on the communist parties, their mass revolutionary movements, and how Nepal, spoiler here, goes from an absolute monarchy to a people's multi-party democracy, uh, where the overwhelming majority of parties are left of center. There we go. That's what I wanted to hear. (laughs) Yeah, what kind of parties, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) All right. So that's where we'll focus our detail. Even then, like, some stuff still gets left out. It will seem like we're going to be super granular. Oh, then this party, then this party, then this party. (laughs) We're still leaving parties out. Oh, God, I'm sure. Anytime there's a party, we got to split it and put it back together again. On and off again parties. (laughs) Yeah, I might have by our release date, I might have drawn out a little um, family tree sort of chart. (laughs) That'd be great. I might not, though. I've kind of put it off. Uh, It's it's a lot. Okay, no worries. (laughs) So we'll see. We'll cut if Uh, needed. No promises. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, if you're not an expert, hopefully this is a good overview. If you are, I'm trying. (laughs) Tune in for another detailed look later, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> there, yeah, there's there's lots of interesting things that we could get into more detail with. This is just our first shot. This is our starting point. We haven't even spent much time in this region, so let's get into it. All right, so we're going to start out the story in the Rana dictatorship. Okay, that sounds bad already. Yeah, uh, so this was from 1846 to 1951, so... Those of you counting at home, 104 years of this Rana dictatorship, which is a time when you do have a monarchy, but the monarchs didn't have any real power. 
you had like a royal family, but you also had the uh, prime minister and the government posts also inherited by the Rana dynasty. And that's where the power resided. Okay. Hey, did Nepal deal with any colonialism? I don't know. I don't know even that, which is pretty sad. It's okay. Uh, They did. Uh, The Ranas were allies of the British Empire. And Nepal was sort of a, served as, from the British point of view, sort of a buffer state uh, between British India uh, and China. So they, they weren't directly you know, taken over or anything because essentially because they used the fear of the British coming in and taking over to unite the country in the first place. So they were too like, it was going to be too difficult basically for the British to go in and take over directly. So they just allied with the Ranas and that's kind of the situation they were in. All right. Kind of a vaguely puppet state situation. Yes. Yeah. They were very, you know, they weren't, challenging the british in any way at that time cool i mean not cool but continue yeah bad (laughs) (laughs) all right uh so we'll we'll really dive into the story here in 1936 uh, the beginning of the resistance movement to the ranas uh you had a group called nepal praja parishad Uh, apologies ahead of time for pronunciations just working with what i got here (laughs) and nepal praja parishad was uh, a group of intellectuals and aristocrats who were opposed to the Ranas. Like this was the better educated class of people. Uh, so they kind of had the resources to devote to this, that sort of a thing. They printed pamphlets, they printed articles. Uh, they got some inspiration for this from next door, the Indian independence movement, which was going on. Ah, okay. Uh, so they were, they were kind of getting things going and in 1941 they put together an assassination attempt whoa okay they went from like pamphlets to assassination in just a few years yeah you know i mean it, it can happen man you know you get a couple <laughs> drinks in you and next thing you know boom uh so they put together this plot they're gonna assassinate some guys and hopefully kick things off uh overthrow the ranas they get discovered probably bad Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get their plot uncovered before it was going to go down, and they are captured. These these guys are captured and executed. They're known as the Four Martyrs of Nepal. Okay, yeah. Which is a cool name. Very cool. Sounds like they should have some (laughs) lovingly rendered illustrations of them in a chapel or something. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there are representations of them around the country there, uh, especially in their hometowns, and who was really inspired uh, by the four martyrs was one of their younger siblings. Uh, One of the martyrs was Gangalal Shrestha, and his younger brother was a guy named Pushpalal Shrestha. Pushpalal was radicalized because of the execution of his older brother. Like Lenin. Very much so like Lenin, yeah. The party that they were a part of this organization, the Nepal Prajaparishad Parishad, gets disbanded because it suffers this big <laughs> this big <laughs> defeat. Um, my camera still says it's on, but I guess she no, unplugged. I just see Danjan. Oh, uh, no, it doesn't say it's on. You're right. Uh, the light went out. That's it's hilarious. still sitting there, but I guess she pulled enough on the cord. To... What a little doucher. 
<laughs> we have a saboteur. <laughs> we really do. Dave and Dan are now, they figured out our weakness, which is cats. cats. They just recruit cute cats. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you train a cat with the CIA, I'm a sucker for those things. Yep. I'll let it in my house. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Start video. Can I do that? Hello. Oh. Hey. <laughs> oh, that's a stupid cat. Did we even say what happened? We we were talking about it ourselves, I guess. Yeah. But uh, that's fine. A cat chewed on the cable and un- and unplugged, disconnected the uh, <laughs> camera briefly. It's back now. Okay. Okay. Real quick. So they they were just. Not just as if that's not good enough, I guess, but they were just trying to overthrow the the monarchy, right? They weren't necessarily like socialist or anything like that. No, not at all. And gotcha, they weren't gotcha. even really trying to overthrow the monarchy so much as this Rana's thing. Oh, they wanted okay. a parliament that was like actually elected by people. They still were fine with the king at this point. Okay, okay. They're like just trying to get some more democracy in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Very bourgeois. That's fine. But they're going to grow from there. Cool. Uh, in 1946, the Nepali National Congress was founded. That sounds like it's a government, but it's not. Uh, this is sort of like the Indian National Congress. So it, it's a political party. Uh, and it was a social democratic party. And they were trying to do sort of the same thing. Uh, end the rule of the Ranas, establish democracy. They end up kind of being sort of fine with the monarchy Mm -hmm. but within that they want to have a social democracy okay not bad moving forward yeah uh by 1948 a parallel sort of political party i couldn't figure out what the difference was here called nepal democratic congress okay was founded they seem exactly the same they're social (laughs) democracy they merge together because they both they meet they realized oops we did the same thing yeah it's a spider-man meme uh, (laughs) yeah and in 1950, they merged to form the present-day Nepali Congress. That's the name of their party. Okay. They're still around. That's still around. Okay. They are way different nowadays. We'll see over the course of this that they moderate. And nowadays, people sort of level a accusation that they are more centrist, more uh, even more like third-way sort of thing of... of like radical centrism, you know, uh, more pro austerity and pro neoliberal shit. That's okay, okay. So a long way from the roots. Yeah, but it is cool that they're still calling themselves. You know, it's 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 is a social democratic party and was for a long time actually genuinely that. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. Uh, their party platform, for example, in their cool old days, called for an armed revolution to overthrow the government. That's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Can you imagine the Democrats get out there, Joe fucking brain? All right, guys, <laughs> here's what we're going to do. I'm pro-gun. I want to use the guns to get rid of this stupid imperial estate, Mac. Someone leans over and is like, oh, you're actually the government right now. <laughs> oh, what? What? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Take, takes these back suits. In 1947, uh, Nepali Congress, they weren't quite merged yet, so I guess the Nepali National Congress still, they fomented the... Bharatnagar jute mill strike, which it was at a jute mill. Uh, the workers there were treated like shit. So they went on strike with the encouragement of these party members. And yeah, it was like a general strike in that area. Uh, the military came in and crushed 
the strike and arrested six of their leaders. And they marched them to the capital. Capital city of Nepal is Kathmandu. And along the way, people came out to see them and were generally in support of them. This kind of recruited people, radicalized people on the path uh, that they took. And they ended up doing a hunger strike until the government, you know, in popular pressure and everything, forced the government to release them 27 days later. Wait, the the people that, like, saw the march to the Capitol did a hunger strike? No, 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 no. The uh, arrestees. Okay, the, 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 the party prisoners. Leaders. Okay, got it. Yeah. And then, you know, the people saw them. And I guess on the way, they were probably telling them, I'm going to do a hunger strike when we get there. So, you know, people were following this and pressuring the government, hey, don't let those people starve. The arrest of the Nepali Congress members kicks off a nationwide civil disobedience campaign. Hell yeah. Demonstrations against the Ranas. And uh, these demonstrations, of course, were led by the Nepali Congress and a new ally. Ooh, who's new to the stage? New ally from a character we have met before. Pushpalal. Oh, the the little brother. Yeah, little brother. Okay, making his way. By this point in 1949, he was a medical student and a member of the Nepali National Congress. But he was disillusioned with aspects of it, specifically uh, their willingness to work with uh, family members in the Rana dynasty who Ooh. were nevertheless anti-Rana. So like some like members lesser. would get kind of... Well, they were pro-democracy, basically. Uh, they were, like, disaffected, you know. Um, they, they were they were shut out or someone else was ahead of them <laughs> in the line, and they were like, fuck this. We don't, you know, we don't like it. The minor uh, Ranas. <laughs> yeah, basically. But he was he was kind of like, the Ranas. I mean, you yeah, can't trust on. them, you know. And he joins a Marxist study group. Oh, hell classic. yeah. Love you a know study he's group. going down. Yeah, he's, he's choosing the dark side path now. <laughs> Uh, and he was there along with fellow future communist leaders Keshar Jung Rayamaji and Manmohan Adhikari. We'll mention them later as, as various, like, oh, they founded this, they founded that. Uh, right now they're all on the same team. Uh, they're studying Marx. They're reading up on it, and they decide, you know what? We ought to start our own political party. Okay. So they start the first of many parties we're going to learn about in this episode, <laughs> the Communist Party of Nepal. Great. Simple. Classic. Simple. Classic. If you want to, you could add something in parentheses afterward. Like what? And they're going to do that. Okay. <laughs> so it leaves room for uh, customization. Great. Great. You just like keep tacking onto your flag. Yeah. <laughs> you just like sew a new part on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was a dedicated Marxist-Leninist communist party aimed at overthrowing the Rana regime. Everyone hates the Ranas. Rad. Love it. So they team up. They're a different thing, but they team up with Nepali Congress against the Rana government. Uh, they obviously aren't just, you know, just wanting to do what they want to do. They're more radical. They want a full-on communist revolution. But of course, I mean, this Rana shit sucks. So why not team up with these guys to help get shit done? So the, the campaign continues to escalate. And it's kind of funny. It has the encouragement of the king. King Tribuhan. Okay. Is he like, well, I don't have any real power. I would like to get rid of these guys too. Kind of. Yeah. He's, he's sort of tired of being sidelined. He's generally seen as sort of a reformer and he's in favor of still a monarchy, but a constitutional monarchy. So that's a King Tribuhan. 
And so in November 1950, uh, this kind of is a, a catalyst to, to things going down here. The king, he fucks off to the Indian embassy. He's just... He just leaves? Okay. I'm taking my, uh, my kids. We're going to the Indian embassy because we're annoyed wow. with the Ramadans. They keep messing with things. Okay. And they keep holding me down kind of, you know? And so the Ranas, they're mad. In his absence, they crown his three-year-old grandson as king. Okay, cool. And everyone's like, this is stupid. Uh, <laughs> they start protesting this against the Ranas. They're in, you know, they like the king. He's pretty popular. And the Nepali Congress says, hey, we're going to uh, kind of take a cue from the communists here. We're going to start a liberation army. Whoa. And we're going to start an armed uprising. Fuck like yeah. Like we were talking about doing before. So they do that. This is called the Revolution 1951, led by the Poly Congress and the CPN, uh, the Communist Party. And it's pretty brief. After a few months of conflict, the Liberation Army uh, is in control of the countryside. And then the Ranas really just hold the capital. They got them pinned. Yeah, they're going to kind of get closed in on uh, February 8th, 1951. They sign a tripartite agreement between the Ranas, Nepali Congress, and the king. And they agree we're going to have an elected constituent assembly. Uh, this means that some people we're going to elect to put together a constitution within two years. Uh, the king is going to still be in charge with an interim government until that happens. Uh, and that government is going to be split. We're going to have half Ranas and half Nepali Congress. Okay, that sounds like a fight in a box. <laughs> it really does. They also agreed to free political prisoners and disarm rebel groups. So, temporary fix till you get a real constitution. We'll That's see. <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't last long. In 1952, there's a revolt. Okay, they had a two-year contract and they, they waited a year. Yeah. Okay. They at least waited uh, a year. It's a, it's a branch of the CPN, the Farmers Union. <gasps> okay. Which is like, I mean, the farmer's wing of it. Mm-hmm. They were like, this is bullshit. Land reform. We want it. Yeah. And it's not happening. You know, they wanted to redistribute landlords' land to the peasants. Totally. Always want that. And they wanted the government uh, to include uh, the Communist Party instead of just Nepali Congress uh, and they wanted to, to exclude uh, this pro-monarchy party uh, called the Gorkha Parishad. They were like, those guys, they're losers. We don't like them. Yeah, Kick them out. totally. Kick them out. Bring us in. Uh, and so they occupied an airfield, a radio station, the post office, the telegraph office in the capital. And then they just get wiped. The military swoops in, mass arrests uh, of their leaders, and they get banned. Um, Shit. Uh, and that's, that's the, not just the farmer's wing. That's the whole party. The whole oh, party fuck. gets banned. Okay. Yeah. So no more CPN. They're banned. Uh, it's kind of funny, though. Their members, I mean, the party's still pretty popular. Mm -hmm. They're illegal. But um, <laughs> me members, you know, clandestine members of the party still win seats in local elections <laughs> as independents. Uh, okay. They're like, everybody uh, knows. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, including like the mayoral seat, like not just That's little great. tiny. So <laughs> they're pretty, um, they're pretty popular there. In 1956, 
Uh, by this point, tensions kind of cool off since the revolt. The CPN leadership is less anti-monarchy. You know, they're, they're less riled up about that. And Parliament is less, you know, pissed at what they did. So in agreeing for saying like, okay, constitutional monarchy is fine. The Communist Party gets unbanned. Okay. So they're back on, back in the game. Okay. So by this point, have they got a government together? Uh, by this point, they are about to. Yeah, okay. They're okay. still in, in kind of working through interim governments appointed by the king. In 1959. Took a little longer than two years. They were supposed to do it faster than this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we'll see that's not a problem of the past, <laughs> as we'll see later on. So in 1959, they get a new constitution, constitutional monarchy. They get a general election uh, and Nepali Congress wins the vast majority of the seats. Uh, They win 74 out of 109 seats. That's a lot. Uh, The right wing party, the Gorkha Parishad, gets 19. Oh, fuck. And the communists get four. That's not enough at all. It's not really great. Not a good first showing. No. What happened? Uh, well, it depends on who you ask. Uh, for instance, Wikipedia uh, <laughs> says that the CIA assisted Nepali Congress. Of course. It doesn't elaborate. The source... <laughs> it just says they did it. Yeah, it, literally, it's just that one line. The source that is on there that's cited is an academic paper. I linked it in the notes if anyone has more expertise here. Uh, because it doesn't specifically cite Nepal in the paper. But I assume that the sources that it's talking about, because it's talking about, oh, we got this data set of like uh, when countries uh, do foreign interventions in elections. And they talk about like, oh, you know, like when the CIA funds a party or trains operatives or does smears against the other guy or or threats or whatever. Mm -hmm. These we count in our observations here. So I assume that one of the, you know, cited things is Nepal. If this is the source they cite. Anyway, I believe it also because, I mean, Why they would prefer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not like they really, really love a social democratic party, but it's better than a communist one. So Nepali Congress wins, fair or not fair. Uh, once in power, uh, they're fairly moderate. Uh, they're led by a widely revered figure in Nepalese history, B.P. Korala. And they fairly easily pass uh, land reform nice. through Parliament. But it's pretty moderate. Um, this is you know, nothing like the communists would do. But the problem here is that even though it's pretty moderate, uh, the aristocracy is greatly offended by this. Yeah, I was going to ask, what happened to the Iranis? Are they they're still around? Uh, this At this point, they're not. So the interim governments, before they do that new constitution have half Rana and half new guys. But I guess what I mean is like, did they just go away? Did they just like, oh, I quit government or. <laughs> yeah, they're no longer in government, I should okay, say, but okay. they're still like rich guys. And they're, you know, they're part of what's making up this aristocracy. Mm-hmm. And so they go and they whine to the new king. There's not, not the old popular king anymore. Now it's his nerdiness, Mahendra. Okay. Uh, why is he a nerd? Well, let me put a link to his page here yes, and I'll yes, just show yes. you why he's a nerd yes 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 is he related to the other king yes he is his uh his son oh okay they brought a son back okay let's see oh <laughs> he kind of looks like bernie sanders 
<laughs> Bernie, Bernie Sanders, but... But opulent as fuck. Yeah, I could see it. You right? Know, Bernie Sanders. If you're, like, just glancing at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even in, like, the oh, color yeah. one that they did down here. All right, let me scroll. Oh, yeah. Wow, oh, he looks like a major a good nerd. Look. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the cloak is fabulous. <laughs> so that's linked for you Patreon subscribers. But Or just look up Mahendra. Just Google. <laughs> yeah. So they go and whine to him. They're taking all our land. They're giving it away. I don't Mama. like it. I'm not as rich. <laughs> Mahendra says, we can't have that. Uh, so he does a coup. Okay, on his own government? On his own government, his own country. I mean, I guess that's how most coups are. <laughs> yeah, usually don't coup in it. Well, well no, the they, US, yeah, guess, yeah, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Dave and Dan are like, hey. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. We do our best. He launched a coup, suspended the constitution, dissolved parliament, dismissed the cabinet, threw BP Coirala in jail, and imposed direct, absolute rule. It's my way or the highway. A little while later, he bans all political parties, too. He goes off the fucking rails just in one go. Yep. He just says, uh, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. It's like he watched a, a cartoon villain and was like, I'm just going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> to justify this, he claims that the democratically elected government was corrupt. <gasps> it failed to maintain law and order, and it was encouraging anti-national elements okay anytime someone says that that is pretty sus yeah (laughs) so in place of that he introduced the panchayat system all right what's that so in the panchayat system you would have no parties you ban them i mean you can't have them yeah yeah Uh, you'd have direct rule by the king an absolute monarchy supported by the army and the bureaucracy all right so we went backwards yes (laughs) there was a four-tiered structure from the village to the town to the district to the national, what was called the panchayat level, like a national assembly situation. And villages would elect members locally, and then those bodies, like your state legislature, would vote for the national guy and so on, up up the chain. Uh, but within this, there is no criticism of the system allowed or the monarchy allowed, and everything that the national panchayat passed had to get royal approval. Okay, so... So they're a rubber stamp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my mouse just died. I got to get a, what do you call it? A USB charger. All right. We need to keep a running list. <laughs> the sabotage? No, maybe on the, uh, on the teach me communism planning page of, mm. uh, all the stupid first day reforms we're going to do on your new communist government. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're definitely going to unify all the USB yeah, that's, that's things day one. into one thing. <laughs> like, I'm tired of the old ones. Petty grievances. <laughs> hey, there was a list of grievances in the Declaration of Independence. That's very true. Important, so. I don't know if they went to USB levels, but, you know. <laughs> uh, let's get back into this. Oh, oh, another part I thought you would like about the Panchayat system oh, good. Uh, is that it was it uh, emphasized as kind of a national goal for the people uh, to be focused on the three pillars of national identity. I, I, just, I don't think I'm going to like these. Uh, let's see. If you do, Hindu religion, Nepali language, and monarchy. 
which alone are not like no. bad to do, <laughs> but to say you have to do this or else, I think is where yeah, it's that's that's not great. The compulsory aspect. Yeah, the exclusionary sort of, mm-hmm. you know. and the monarchy part. Not a fan. Yeah, that just sucks. That that one we can just <laughs> knock that pillar down. Just throw that out. <laughs> All right, so that was the Panchayat system. This uh, was the governing system of Nepal from 1960 to 1990. Hachi machi, that took him a while. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a good one. No, okay. But in the meantime, we're going to cover what the communists were up to. What were they doing? Well, first of all, they were splitting. Of course they were. So-and-so said something <laughs> bad about so-and-so, and they thought they were too radical, and they thought they were too moderate, and then you had some anarchists come in, like, you know, the usual drama. Yeah, the usual drama in this case. Uh, division had been kind of fomenting there for years, specifically, as you mentioned, between reformists and revolutionaries. Ain't that always the way. Another aspect of this division was the Sino-Soviet split. Oh, no. Okay, was the Spanish Civil War going to show up in this one, too? Just get all the hits? <laughs> uh, no, no. That'd be that's, weird. That's, sorry, yeah. <laughs> By the way, guys. Rises back up. Uh, <laughs> the reformist camp tended to be more pro-Soviet, and the revolutionary camp was more pro-China. Okay, interesting. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So Mahendra's coup was bad for the CPN, obviously. And the general secretary of the CPN was Keshar Jung Rayamaji. He was one of uh, Pushpa Paul's uh, classmates from earlier. Okay, yeah. In his club. He was reformist. And he bafflingly actually supported the coup at first. He said, yeah, this is good. He actually called it a progressive step. Oh, no. uh, King Mahendra dissolved parliament. Maybe he didn't know like what was next. <laughs> Clearly, because I mean, they, they get banned yeah. right afterward. Well, maybe he uh, thought it was oh. a secret socialist king. Oh, there goes my dog. Okay, come on, guys. This is ridiculous. Just trying to record a fucking <laughs> podcast here. <sighs> so this was so baffling, in fact, that people in the party started accusing him of having secret links to the royal palace. Okay, could be a plant. Now, I could not find any evidence of that besides people were, you know, some people <laughs> some were saying. Some people say. So, uh, at least I include it because it does speak to how messed up mm-hmm. of a decision this was on his part. You know, that was very divisive. I mean, yeah, the party yeah. hated that. If people are thinking you're, you've turned, then you've, yeah. you've probably done something a little drastic. <laughs> Not good, yeah. <laughs> so once the party is banned, like I said, there's a little bit of delay there. Uh, Raya Maji said, oh, okay, okay, all right. We, we shouldn't have that ban. That's that's not nice. Please don't do this to us. But he still wanted, he was still in favor of this concept of a guided democracy, of having this constitutional monarch that would basically gradually allow, as people were ready for it, more democracy. Ugh. That's stinky. Yeah, people did not like this. And so in April 1962, the party splits. They have a meeting and they kick out Raya Maji. And they say, we're going to instead have Tulsi Lal Amatya and Pushpa Lal as our leaders. Here's where we start a very confusing pattern where most of the communist parties in Nepal are going to be called 
Communist Party of Nepal <laughs> with something after them in parentheses. Which one's the real Communist Party? Yeah, so th- they're all called that with parentheses afterward. Great. The original party with the revolutionaries in charge now uh, end up with being known as the CPN Amatya after this guy, Tulsi Lal Amatya. And they were more pro-China. And then Rayamaji's followers formed their own party called the CPN Burma. And they're more pro-Soviet. So that was in 1962. They go their separate ways. They write mean letters to each other. The usual. And then in 1968, we get another split. (laughs) Okay. This is also Sino-Soviet related. Uh, The original party, the CPN Amatya, they start having disagreements between those two leaders, Amatya and Pushpalal. Uh, the latter, Pushpalal, who's seen as like the father of communism in Nepal, ends up being more pro-China than Amatya, who gradually kind of drifts to becoming more pro-Soviet. I know it's kind of it's yeah, that is confusing. A little confusing. He, and he's already got a separate group now, so he's not going to go back to the other guy. Mm-hmm. Plus, the other guy's a royalist, so it's really weird. <laughs> but they end up splitting. In May 1968, Pushpalal and his followers formed a new party, condemning the Soviets as revisionists, supporting the Communist Party of China as the leader of the global communist movement, and calling for working with Nepali Congress to overthrow the Panchayat system. So his new party is called... The CPN push Bilal. Okay, great. Yeah. So if we're keeping track right now, we've got three. <laughs> we've got three. <laughs> yeah, got three. So far. Yeah. That flow chart would be very helpful right now. Yeah. It's, I'm sorry. I didn't, I ran out of time for it. But, <laughs> it's um, okay. I'll try to draw it up later. Just go with the flow for now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll just keep saying, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, in 1971, we see the seeds of a new split starting to happen. God damn it. This is like full on like mitosis or whatever. That's the one where you split, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I know. I get mixed up with meiosis. It's definitely mitosis. That's like a prank by scientists, right? Uh, It's like... um. It's a prank. Yeah. Anything they do... Well, it's because they build it all out of other languages. They have to use the prefix suffixes stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like eukaryotic, prokaryotic. Yeah, that's you know? true. Uh, so 1971, some, uh, CPN members from before the splits get released from jail. They're called the central nucleus because like they teamed up, they had these ideas and Mm -hmm. stuff and and they get released from jail and they're trying to like reintegrate basically into the different groups that are there now. (laughs) They're like, what even happened? Yeah. They go to four uh, different meetings like, is this the communist meeting? And all of them say yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they drive first to talk to Push Bilal's group. Mm-hmm. But they kind of fail to find common ground there. Seemingly pretty petty disagreements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they and their followers found their own parties. Okay. Um, God, do you... Ugh, just too many. <laughs> it's re- It really is. So at this point, 1974, uh. you see... Uh, one of the people, Mohan Bikram Singh and Nirmal Lama, found the CPN Fourth Convention. <laughs> uh, their whole deal was they didn't want to collaborate with Nepali Congress. And incidentally, it is this party that a 27-year-old Pushpa Kamal Dahal 
a.k.a. Prachanda, who will come into play later. Okay, that's where he's at right now. That's Yeah, he joins that in 1981 as a young man. Uh, he is currently Nepal's prime minister. Oh, shit. Okay, spoiler. State. He's going to yeah. win. <laughs> so, yeah, he becomes a leader of a, a party that goes through a lot of name changes, but they end up being called CPN Maoist Center. Okay, wow. But at the time, this is the first communist party that he joins, fourth convention. In 1979, one of the other founders of the the Central Nucleus guys Mm -hmm. founds a different party (laughs) called the CPN Unity Conference. Okay, not a lot of unity, but sure. Yeah, later they kind of realize that and they rename themselves the CPN Manmohan. I am not sure what distinguishes them from the other groups. There was not a lot of information that I found on it. I mean, what if these guys are just like... I want to host the party. You have to come to my house. I'm not traveling anywhere. I like my cooking better. Just get your ass over yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, some of this stuff does. See, one of the uh, one of them we'll get to later actually does say there was there were no ideological differences. It was just disagreement within the leadership, like of leadership styles and stuff. It's like I just don't like that guy. Yeah, basically. Wow. So it does get that petty at times. Impressive. Sometimes they're pretty distinctive yeah the sino-soviet stuff i get but come on this seems excessive backtracking just a bit i wanted to cover those central nucleus guys together but backtracking just a bit 1975 split this one is the nepal workers peasants party Ooh, i like that yeah they broke away from pushpa lal's group uh one uh reason was because of pushpa lal's support for Indian intervention in East Pakistan, current day Bangladesh. So India, Nepal to the north, Bangladesh is like there and nestled in the east. At the time called East Pakistan because you had East and West Pakistan on either side. Wikipedia didn't elaborate on Mm -hmm. his support for the intervention, but I assume that they mean the Bangladesh Liberation War of 1971 Uh, which was kind of a Cold War conflict. East Pakistan, Bangladesh was trying to break free of Pakistan, and uh, the U.S. was backing Pakistan, and the Soviets were backing the new People's Republic of Bangladesh, along with India. And so this Nepal Workers' Peasants Party didn't like that they were supporting India. Uh, They also didn't want to cooperate with Nepali Congress, popular position, I guess, uh, and they wanted to condemn the USSR more. They wanted to say, oh, these guys are bad. They're imperialists, that sort of thing. Uh, they oh, were shit. Maoist or Mao Zedong thought in that sense. Uh, recently, in more recent years, this Nepal Workers Peasants Party has been described as incorporating uh, elements of Juche, which is um, North Korea, the DPRKs. Uh, oh, like their variant or their stance on their their implementation, I guess, of Marxist-Leninism. Oh, okay. It emphasizes more like self-reliance economically. Like we want our country to do our own thing. Understandable given their circumstances. Yeah, yeah. So that's another party that, that <laughs> broke free. Uh, in 1978, we have a new party, but not a split. Okay, great. Just a new group. <laughs> This was inspired by the Naxalite Maoist insurgency in India. All right, a group called the Naxalites, uh, who were Maoists, 
and I guess who are Maoists, because this is actually still an ongoing conflict, although it's way, like, died down a lot since its heyday. The thing back, that's 1978. That's a long time. That is a long time. What is, is Naxalite like a mineral? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Okay. What is it? What is it? What is it? Uh, I thought it was like a region. The term Naxal comes from the village Naxalbari in West Bengal, where the mm. Naxalbari uprising of 1967 occurred. Gotcha. Okay. Well, it was this uprising. So that's where it all started. They're, you know, going against government there. And this party was inspired by that. They founded something called the Nepal Revolutionary Organization, Marxist-Leninist, in 1973 to kind of start organizing the peasantry against feudal landlords. In 1978, they said, that's pretty cool, but let's make our own party, not just be a revolutionary organization. And so they said, you know, a great name, Communist Party of Nepal, parentheses, <laughs> Marxist-Leninist. Oh my, how do you even fucking vote? In, okay, hold on. First off. At this time, are are they they're unbanned, right? At this point, no, all parties are banned. All parties. That's right. That's right. Okay, so you don't. At least you don't have to go up to a, a voting booth and like look at all the different parties and be like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interestingly, at the time that they were were setting up the actual voting part, later we'll get to it. Uh, literacy was not very high. Oh, we got uh, symbols? In Nepal. They have symbols. I love a symbol. So they still have symbols to this day. I guess I'll, I'll later on when we look at the political parties, I'll post that link so you can see their symbols. Cool. <laughs> Some of them are good. <laughs> uh, so they found this new party, and they actually merged smaller groups into their new party. So kind of a reverse split. They were bringing people in. But none of the, none of the big groups... Uh, it was just the smaller little guys. So these guys, Marxist-Leninist, obviously, they also had Mao Zedong thought. So they were looking to do agrarian revolution, you know, targeting the landlords uh, through armed struggle. Cool. Sounds great. Uh, later on, they go, you know, more reformist. They abandon armed struggle. They're, they're more like, uh, let's do multi-party democracy things. But that's not uncommon for a lot of these parties. All right. Next up. Uh, in... 1979 in April, uh, there was a big student protest. Ooh, okay. What were they mad about? They were mad because Pakistan had executed their own prime minister. I'd be mad about that too, I think. They did a military coup and they executed the prime minister afterward. Okay. Uh, so they went to protest at the, at the Pakistani embassy uh, in Nepal. I'm going to guess Pakistan was like, not a chill government at the time. Uh, no, you know? I mean, they just become a military dictatorship. Okay, so definitely yeah. not. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so these, these students were protesting and stuff about that, but they were in the capital and the police stopped them as the king was traveling nearby in his car or whatever. And this quickly escalated. The police cracked heads. Students later went to demand that, you know, police stop repressing them. They they didn't. Uh, Not they usually did. how repression works. Like, oh, sorry. I didn't realize. <laughs> Whoa, we repressed you. Uh, I didn't know. So instead they did mass arrests. Yeah, uh, yeah. They killed people. At least 11 people were killed. 164 Oof. wounded. Uh, those are just the official numbers. So oh, maybe yeah. higher. Uh, and in the end, this was very embarrassing for the government. Uh, the king had to declare that they would have a referendum. Because the demands evolved past just stop repressing us to 
give us more freedoms, more democracy. Mm, okay. So the king said, all right, fine. We killed a few of you guys. Uh, I'll give you a bone. Yeah, we're going to do a referendum next year. Do people want multi-party democracy or not? Sorry, what dumbo votes against that? Uh, lots of people. Oh, no. Uh, but before that, in the process, the CPN Burma, the pro-Soviet, pro-monarchist group, those guys split because the leadership did not want to support the protests, but the new party, the CPN Democratic, uh, <laughs> they did want to. Yeah, I don't even know what the Burma ones are doing at this point. Like, you're pro-monarchy, but you're, yeah, what are you doing? It's goofball? a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> so the <laughs> referendum comes around and the multi-party system lost. Okay. Well, were we in this one too? The article did not say that we were. Okay. I didn't read anything about any chicanery there, but it's <laughs> totally possible. Okay. But it could have just been, you know, the parties were still getting their shit together. They hadn't campaigned. I don't know. Like it's, it's possible that. I mean, they were banned up until like a short point before that, probably. So like, yeah, they probably didn't have a great. And there's so many of them. Like, that's probably very confusing. They were still banned. I mean, they weren't they weren't allowed. So at yeah, all, you, you couldn't know. campaign. Yeah. Or at least not as a party. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Which means you just lack a lot of organizational structure, which is probably challenging. Yep. Uh, let's see. In 1983, there's another split. This time, those fourth convention guys. They become the fifth and sixth. <laughs> now they come up with different names. So okay. the issue is India and the Nepali Congress. Uh, so a new party breaks away from them. So you have fourth convention stays, but a new party breaks away to be CPN Masal, uh, saying basically that Nepali Congress, they're too closely tied with India. And India is backing up the Nepalese monarchy that we don't like. So we can't be working with these guys, you know. Is that what was happening? Uh, they were working with India, but, uh, and, well, and India was in some ways at that time supportive, I guess, of the, of Nepal and in general, like the, the government there. They weren't, they weren't supporting, um, but. It's not like they were like in conflict with India. No, um, but that's kind of this uh, tension throughout is sort of a rival and almost a nationalist rivalry uh, with India. It's, it's we saw that with the other party that split because Pushpalal was supporting India oh, for helping India, Bangladesh, Bangladesh get its independence. So sometimes people are like, "I want to do whatever India is not doing." Kinda, yeah. That's, okay, that's gotcha. sort of an impulsive or like a, a the threat of India. And so Masal broke away. The fourth convention people were saying like we should still cooperate with them because our main thing is congress is against royalty and against feudalism and for democracy and that's what we're going for we don't care about the indian question right now yeah it's a step in the right fucking direction yeah so you had that split there in 1984 we don't have enough splits right so we're gonna get another split <laughs> uh this newly you. formed uh cpn Masal splits again just you know created baby just born <sighs> Boom. Uh, le this was the one that's leadership issues. No ideological problem, just... <laughs> I don't like the cut of his jib. Yeah, so <laughs> now you have Masal, and the group that splits off is Mashal. Okay, come on, guys. Now they're just trolling you. <laughs> they really are just fucking me over here. 
eventually they adopt uh, Marxist Leninist Maoist ideology. And this is the group that Prachanda, who we mentioned before, oh, that guy. Uh, will become general secretary of in 1986. Okay. Can I get a pic of him? Uh, sure. Yeah. Let me pull him back up. Pra, 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 prachanda. That's good. You sound like a, a Mexican DJ on the radio. <laughs> oh, yeah. Prachanda. That's pretty good. Um, where is he? Oh, he looks kind of nice. I like his hat. Yeah, it's a good hat. Oh, I like this picture of him at a fucking hammer and sickle podium. That's a good look. That, I think, is during the Civil War. So, like, that's like wartime. That's why he's got the soldier dude beside him. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. For protection, literally. Yeah. All right. 1987, a little reversal here. We're going to do a merger. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, so the CPN Mamnohan, if you don't remember, uh, nope. these were the guys. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, these were the guys who were initially called the Unity Conference. Uh, they were one of the guys that got out of jail and yeah, yeah, formed yeah, his yeah. own party, but it didn't really say why he was separate. <laughs> okay. They merged... Uh, with Pushpa Law's group, the CPN Pushpa Law, to form CPN Marxist. Okay, that one's classic. I like that. Yeah, that's a good name. Uh, not Masal Mashal. That's just confusing. But maybe it's totally different in May- maybe Nepalese. You know, it's like yeah, Mike and Fred, yeah, yeah. or something. Kind of following the Communist Party thing tree here, instead of an actual like party merger, this is going to be more of an alliance in 1990. All right, things at this point in 1990 really start to kick off in terms of the democracy movement. One of the things that foments that is an alliance between uh, seven different communist parties. They team up to form the United Left Front. I am shocked, honestly. Right? Now that everybody's got their little lane to be in, <laughs> let's work together. Now, I mean, it's kind of... Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, right? Like, okay, we we, we have the right food at the meeting. Mm-hmm. We, have, we, we each get to meet at our favorite person's house. <laughs> now let's fucking take this thing down. <laughs> I like that. Okay, maybe that's what we need to do. Just like, yeah, sure, form your little anarcho-communist, you know, <laughs> whatever, you know, genderqueer, whatever group you want. <laughs> Make yeah, it hyper yeah. specific to you, but then you have to show up to work together. Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't, I don't hate it. So they uh, they team up, United Left Front. And what they're going to do is they're all going to, and they've had different positions on this before, but still, you know, they're, they're going to put that aside. And they're going to work with the Nepali Congress, which is still, it's also illegal like these guys are, but it's, it's uh, very, very popular. Like it's the OG independence yeah yeah guys, like, that know? was cool and we had that for like a hot minute yeah <laughs> for like 10 years maybe was that <laughs> was it even that long uh no not quite because 1951 so. and then Jesus. 1960 is when no <laughs> wow they're gonna team up they're gonna launch a popular uprising they're gonna end the panchayat system hell yeah bring about democracy so throw this man out the parties that join up with the united left front in order of creation or splitting or whatever CPN Amatya, CPN Burma, uh, CPN Fourth Convention, the Nepal Workers and Peasants Party, CPN Marxist-Leninist, CPN Democratic, and CPN Marxist. 
All right, so you got like a lot of the original guys, it sounds like, and then some of the new ones too. Yes, uh, basically a mix of most of what we've talked about so far. They uh, do, they team up Avenger style. We're going to get them. <laughs> uh, and so in 1990, because of this teamwork, because Nepali Congress is like, okay, instead of like shunning the communists, we're going to actually work with them now. Hell yeah. In 1990, you see uh, the launching of Jana Andalan, which is the people's movement. It's the first people's movement because later there's going to be like a part two. Uh, and yeah, this is the popular uprising that they were talking about. Okay. What are we talking about here? We got some violence. There's violence for sure. Uh, but it's not really launched by the people just yet. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> February 18th, they launched the movement it's totally illegal. The government's like, you guys cannot do these demonstrations and stuff. They do mass arrests. They ban opposition newspapers. Uh, they use the police to rough up protesters, all this. Mm-hmm. The huge. Yeah. And uh, the movement didn't just, you know, show up and hold signs and get beat up. They also called for a general strike. Fuck yes. Uh, and they launched this and they spread this across the country. Not just in the countryside, although that's where it was strongest. It would eventually swell and reach the capital. And they were demanding a multi-party democracy. And basically, this thing just gets out of the government's control. It's too much. Uh, eventually, the, the police are, like, standing by, like, I'm, I'm not going in there. Man. Like, <laughs> Fuck no. There's a lot of them. And, who, man, maybe they're right, you know? <laughs> so, uh, the king ends up conceding. On April 8th, he removes the ban on political parties. And from there, the movement drafts a constitution that went into effect that November to make the country a constitutional monarchy and sets a date for elections in 1991. Okay. So they just, I mean, they just overwhelm. They just do the damn thing. Yeah. But I mean, think about that. That took 30 years. It really did. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, to to organize, to get people. uh, I I mean, I think that's a big part of it, maybe, is like getting everyone comfortable with organizing in their way and spreading it in their way. And, you know, underlying uh, it's, it's this weird combination of like having differences between these groups and being like, yeah, we don't really like them, you know, or the way they do things because this, 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 but at the end of the day, being able to do, you know, to pull off this coordinated movement. Yeah. Not letting that get in the way of like working towards larger goals. That is interesting. And Maybe if we get our shit together, we can have a socialist utopia ruling over the last remaining viable piece of land on the globe. <laughs> yeah, in 30 years, that's going to be like Kansas or something. I don't know. Whatever's not flooded. Maybe Canada. No, Canada's got oceans, eh? <sighs> the Himalayas. We'll have to go to Nepal. We'll go to Nepal. <laughs> All right. Uh, 1991, you have the general election. What happens? Uh, so... In the lead up to it, the parties start to merge. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, they were like, hey, that worked pretty well. Maybe we should do that again. Good collabo. Yeah. So the CPN Marxists and the CPN Marxist-Leninists merge to form the CPN Unified Marxist-Leninists. It is still around. Uh, these guys are currently the largest party in Nepal by membership and the second largest parliamentary group. Hell yeah. In the election... They will become the second largest parliamentary party in 1991. Uh, who's first? Is it the, the OG 
Congress people? Yeah, it's the OG Congress people. Yeah, the Poly Congress. Boring. <laughs> yeah. They had 110 seats. CPNUML have 69 seats. Nice. And in third place, <laughs> yeah, in third place <laughs> was a, another union between CPN Mashal and CPN Fourth Convention. Oh, I thought it was going to be Mashal and, and Malal. Mashal Masal. Yeah, that would have yeah. been good. That would have been good. Great reuniting. And two smaller groups that I didn't mention before. They're not <laughs> consequential. Uh, that's what I said. We, we're not covering all of them. They Mm-mm. merged to form CPN Unity Center. That's good. That's a good name. Now, CPN Unity Center is interesting because they voted to remain an underground party. What? So they're like, no, we're not going to do the election. We're going to keep up like a protracted armed struggle. We're going to try to control the countryside. Whoa, that's interesting. So they do that, but they do is I mean, like we're the cool guys, like we're the underground party. But we're going to have like a team of the nerds, our electoral front That's hilarious. Party, and they're going to go do like the lame shit. They're going to go vote or whatever. I don't know. All that. That's so weird. Okay. So that party was called the United People's Front Nepal. They really are doing both. Yeah. I mean, literally. So <laughs> that group became the third largest force in parliament uh, with nine seats. Okay. I'm going to call them the business punks business punks because nice. they get business done but they still like our punks yeah so that's the election there in 1991 and doesn't work very well Uh-oh. uh the government kind of mires along the economy gets pretty bad the government's fairly corrupt and uh the unified marxist leninists leading the opposition start you know calling for or I guess actually I think it becomes time for new elections and they start criticizing, you know, Nepali Congress saying these guys aren't doing everything we could be doing. I mean, we could do land reform. We could do like running water everywhere. We could do electrification. We could even make it to where every village has at least one TV. And so they're, they're making these campaign promises when the election comes around and they win. This is the, the business punks, right? No, these are the, uh, the classic. The, cl- the I'm going to call them Marx classic. Yeah, Marx classic and Marxist-Leninist. So okay, these guys sorry. were called unified Marxist-Leninist. Yeah, that's right. Okay, sorry. There's just a lot of names. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they um, win the most seats. They're short of a majority, but they are able to form a minority government. It's a weird setup. Mm-hmm. They're the first uh, democratically elected communist government within a constitutional monarchy that is pretty weird (laughs) (laughs) the king calls the communist into his into his palace and says okay uh comrade i want you to form a government (laughs) what are we doing here (laughs) and he's like i'm working toward your abolition (laughs) i'd like you to go away is that cool (laughs) (laughs) uh in 1994 what do you wouldn't you know it we get another split my god guys we were doing so good for a minute there yeah we were merging even we're getting shit done but you know there was a little too much unity in the unity center and so ironically (sighs) they end up splitting do they split based on who was doing reform versus who was doing revolution yeah kind of i think you can characterize it that way it's very confusing uh because with these guys it's prachanda 
Mm, okay, yeah. And his followers doing the split. They break oh away. Gosh. Okay, what's he going to do? They form a new party, very confusingly, also originally called CPN Unity Center. Oh my God. They did not coordinate. Yeah, then they have to do a few workshops, and they, they actually do several different names. <laughs> but nowadays, they're called CPN Maoist Center. Okay, okay. I remember that from earlier. Gotcha. Yeah. They were completely underground. So maybe they're like just less electoral. Mm-hmm. Guys. They're like, you shouldn't even send in the business punks. <laughs> don't, don't waste time. No, we're doing yeah. our own thing. Dedicated to a people's war, dedicated to Marxist, Lenin, and Maoism. And from their point of view, they saw the monarchy, the government, and the mainstream parties too as feudal forces that need we need to get rid of. Including the um, kind of Marx classic guys and the yeah. other guys on there? Anybody who's doing the electoral game, yeah, the unified Marxist-Leninists, uh, yeah, the, the unified People's Front, any of that, no. Not good. Don't do it. So they start recruiting. They start preparing for war, uh, specifically in the rural districts of Rolpa and Rakum. And their recruitment efforts lead to conflicts with the police. I bet it does. So, in uh, November 1995, the government decides to take action. I bet it was a very measured and chill response, right? Sure. Yeah, sure. We'll <laughs> they say said, that. Yeah. oh, you're right. Let's try socialism. <laughs> Hardly. So, what happens here is Nepali Congress takes like nine months to forget, oh yeah, you remember how we used to team up with the left and stuff? That was cool. And instead, they form a new alliance with a Hindu nationalist Fuck. constitutional monarchist party God called Rastriya Pradhantara Party. Never trust a liberal. They'll always turn on you the first fucking chance they get. Yeah. So they turn on them, they team up with these guys, and they do say, oh, we're going to do a vote of no confidence, and boom, they oust the unified Marxist-Leninist oh party. Oh my God. Who let you like get back into Congress in the first place, you right. little bitches? It's uh, so, you know, it's not a new election or anything. It's just maneuvers, you know, just a loop here. Now we're teamed up with these guys. Ha ha. Cool. So the new government is led by Nepali Congress's Sher Bahadur Deuba, who is still around in Nepali politics. Uh, he has since served five more terms as prime minister, most oh, recently in 2022. Oh, shit. Okay, he's still going. Yeah. Is he still shitty? Uh, I don't know what he's doing lately. <laughs> Probably if the Nepali Congress is characterized as neoliberal now. you know. I have to assume. Uh, but Diuba acted swiftly. Said, we're not going to have these Maoists getting into conflicts with the police. Of course. So, he sends in more than 2,000 armed police to carry out something called Operation Romeo. It sounds like they're going to woo them or something. It right? does a little bit. <laughs> Come on back, baby. <laughs> uh, but what he does, uh, they go out there to crush the Maoists. They target political workers. They target teachers. Those goddamn teachers. You can't trust them. Yeah, they're, they're something. I don't Scum know. of the earth. Definitely suspect. If you're trying to run a, a decent law and order society. You got to get rid of them. There's mass arrests. And there's widespread human rights abuses, too, including Jesus. torture. Uh, including rape. Um, there are 12 deaths associated with Operation Romeo. Uh, and the brutality of this actually 
backfires on the government and, and helps to yeah. radicalize locals and people. Not just, you know, people who were fairly anti-monarchy and stuff, but who kind of saw Nepali Congress as a decent moderating force. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, fuck, if they can do this to us, that's not okay. Yeah, so it garners a lot of sympathy for the Maoist movement. And that's when, uh, just a short time after that, February 1996, I'm going to call them CPN Maoist Center. At the time, I think they were just called CPN Maoist, whatever. Sometimes I'll just say the Maoists, but... That's fine. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> the cool ones. <laughs> you can just say the uh, cool guys. The cool guys. Uh, they gave Nepali Congress an ultimatum. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, and they said, basically, you're going to do these 40 things... By That's this a lot deadline. of things. You said 40, four, zero? Four, uh, four, zero, 40. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do it by this deadline. We're going to launch a war. We're going to launch a protracted people's war, what becomes known as the Nepalese Civil War. Interesting. Okay. What are, these, what are some of the highlights on these 40 things? Some of the highlights include a new constitution with people's democratic system. Pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Land reform. Love it. Uh, guaranteed employment with unemployment insurance. Minimum wage. Sorry, did they not have a minimum wage before? Uh, the things called for it, so I don't think they did. Sounds like maybe not. Wow, okay. No homelessness, free health care and education, uh, universal access to drinking water, roads, electrification, uh, stop colonial and imperialist NGOs. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, abolish privileges for royals. The wording there was weird because I figured they would just say abolish royals, but maybe they were trying to give them a. They weren't a like chance. we have. We don't have to kill them, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, make Nepal a secular nation and patriarchal exploitation and discrimination against women. Great. And end racial exploitation and suppression. Okay, I'm into all this. So, unsurprisingly. There were, there were lots of other stuff there, and some of it seemed less important than others in the big context. That's the, the top hits. Yeah. They didn't have anything as petty as, like, USB sizes or anything, but <laughs> surprisingly, the government did zero of these things. I'm sure. Jesus. I'm sure they just threw it away as soon as they got it. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't doing none of this. No. Uh, so the Maoists said, fine, we told you we're going to do it. And so they launch attacks, seven attacks over six districts, including police posts. Uh, there was also one on an agricultural development bank where they destroyed a bunch of loan papers, I guess, that Ooh. farmers had. So, yeah, pretty, pretty cool that. move there. I'm that in support really of that. That is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, this launches the Civil War. Newer listeners, if this is your first war with us, uh, just know <laughs> that we're not that big on military stuff. You know, we'll kind of cover broad strokes and the political developments mostly heat of the battle that's not so much us <laughs> all right overall trends of the war uh it's mainly the showdown is mainly between police forces later on the army will get involved too and the maoist insurgency of the uh, cpn maoist center outside help to the nepalese government uh came from india uh pakistan the u.s what a colorful crew getting together very good. All friends here. The UK. Uh-huh. Uh, Belgium. Okay. Don't know what you're doing here, but sure. They, they just sold They sold some weapons. Okay. Uh, and China. What? China? Boo. Get out of there. 
Well, when people criticize China's being reformist and things like this, you know, especially in that Deng Xiaoping era and the immediate aftermath, mm-hmm. this is what they're talking about. This kind of shit. Yeah, that's bullshit. Or that's part fuck? of it. They're like Maoists. That's that's what you're supposed to be. Come on, get with it. That's what you're supposed to be. But I mean, they deviated very far from mm-hmm. that after his time. All right. Got the super friends over here. Yeah, I'll pump it up the regime. And it follows a similar pattern to the earlier struggle where the government controls the main cities and towns and the Maoists are better able to control the rural areas. Some highlights. We'll start with 2001, June 1st. Great. Uh, what happens is not great. I think even if you're from our perspective, Uh-oh. this is still a pretty big tragedy. Uh-oh. Uh, Crown Prince Dependra. So heir to the throne. Goes into the royal palace, or I don't know if they're sitting down for dinner or what. There's no security around. Goes in, shoots and kills his father, King Berenda, <gasps> his mother, Queen Aishwara, and seven others of the royal family in the royal palace. Whoa. And then he shoots himself in the head, is declared king while comatose from the wound, and then dies three days later. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, What happened? It's very mysterious. The most accepted, I guess, theory is that he perhaps was mad at his parents who disapproved of a woman that he was wanting to marry because of her difference in station and that he was maybe going to be forced to renounce the throne to do that. Some people suspect foul play because, like I said, there wasn't any security there, it doesn't seem... His uncle, who ends up succeeding him, Ganem Gyanendra, was not there. Uh, they did an investigation afterward. It took like two weeks. It found nothing. <laughs> Another weird thing about it was that he shot himself in the left temple, but he was right-handed. Okay. Okay. Uh, Prachanda, the guy we were talking about before, the current PM, uh, at the time claimed that there was CIA involvement and involvement of mm. Indian intelligence. Yeah. And there is a lot of conspiracy theories and stuff like that out there. Yeah. I mean, geez, it sounds like some fucking MK ultra shit. Yeah. Uh, it remains a mystery overall. You know, I, I think that's, I wouldn't want them to go out that way. I, mean, I would just want them to no. leave, go, go into exile, you know? Yeah, that's particularly horrible. Or be torn to shreds by, like, the masses, but not, like, that way, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like, we, we're not, like, pro, you know, patricide and matricide here. Like, Jesus. That's rough. Yeah, it overall, the effect, though, just, you know, we're not just talking about it because it's hideous, but it seems to have played an important, but I don't think decisive role, just did kind of change the minds about making the monarchy less popular. Mm, okay, because it was like, well, that was fucked up. Maybe we shouldn't have those people in charge. Right, it was very shocking. The new guy who comes into power is way less popular than the king who was killed, Berendra. He was pretty popular, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a nerd boy's son? Uh, I think so. Let me see. Father Mahendra. Yeah, yes. Okay. And Dependra was also supposed to be pretty popular as well. No one liked this happening. They, the Maoists actually called a ceasefire 
like after this happened. And, and there were peace talks briefly, but they couldn't agree on anything. And armed conflict resumed pretty soon thereafter. It's in 2001 also that the uh, CPN Maoist Center made an ideological declaration. Ooh, okay. Uh, they said, we are not just MLM, but we are MLM Prachanda Path. Oh, okay. We got a new path. Yeah. So this is partially inspired by the Shining Path group in Peru, the guys who synthesized MLM in the first place. What? Um, okay. I didn't even know about these people. So yeah, this is a whole other thing. <laughs> this is part of what got me into this. Hey, let's not do this. Let's do Nepal. Okay. Uh, but um, but the the guys who synthesized MLM, their party was called Shining Path. Interesting. They were in Peru. And so Prachanda Path is sort of an homage to that. All right. New skill tree has been unlocked. What's this new path? Essentially, it's sort of like, you know, Mao Zedong thought or or Marxist-Leninism is it's it's applying it to the specific conditions yeah Nepal yeah and just saying these these conditions here's what we're doing that we think works sort of yeah so probably peasant heavy and definitely armed revolution it's yeah it's sort of an evolution on MLM from their perspective uh saying like yeah we're doing that and we are also coordinating with all these different groups and we're also pushing toward a people's multi-party democracy so at the in the end we don't really want to do like one vanguard party sort of thing which they kind of get accused of being revisionist for that way because you know your hard line will say that's not good i think it's fine i mean again we've talked about this before is it depends how your party is run if your party has a healthy democratic system where everyone's involved fucking sure if it's not maybe go multi uh, i would agree with that but then i don't know i kind of i more and more, I do think that I am sort of in favor of having all these different communist approaches for different places, because it's like, you are kind of right, like, what works in your country might not work in a different country, or a different historical circumstance, or what have you. Yeah, and like, they have such a history of splits and all that, like, if I had that background, I'd, yeah, I wouldn't want to be like, yeah, we're all going to unite in one party, because like, good fucking luck, you gotta <laughs> find them all first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So the armed conflict continues, 2002 being the deadliest year of the war. The government cracked down on anti-monarchy statements, jailed journalists, shut down newspapers, all that good government stuff. What the fuck? How have I never heard of this? Right. This was, uh, you know. Like I was we, around. I mean, I was yeah. a kid, but still. Right. They never showed this on Channel One News. It was just cheerleading the war in Afghanistan. <laughs> it really was. You'd think that was the only war happening. But apparently not. <laughs> uh, Maoists, for their part, kept up the demand for a constituent assembly. So they, they, they want a new constitution. They want no monarchy. They keep being refused uh, by the government. Uh, in 2005, another big development is that King Gyanendra shuts down parliament. The uncle guy? What the fuck? Yeah, he says, uh, you guys, you're being too soft on these rebels I'm going to rule directly, and I guarantee you I'll kick their ass in three years or less. This is becoming a real Uncle Scar situation. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, neighboring countries and countries far away did not like that. Both mm -hmm. India and the UK pulled their support. Oh, shit. Okay. They said, uh, no, man, you got to do like, you know, the 
appearance of democracy. Even if you're crushing a people's movement, you got to have a parliament. I like how the U.S. stayed like, no, we're nasty. We're into it. <laughs> this is good. And you can't prove that we have any military advisors. There. <laughs> Not my problem. That was like their defense. I was reading this article. I don't remember it was BBC or Reuters one, but they were talking to some defense department person and they were like, uh, no, the claims that we have military advisors there and everything are, are completely false. But in, early in the article, it was like, basically, they probably have them and they're like giving them weapons and everything too <laughs> and training and stuff. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Ganendra really, he just steps in it. And so this provokes the formation of something called the Seven Party Alliance. Oh, okay, we're doing another front. Yeah. 194 of the 205 elected parliamentary seats their parties team up to demand an end to the king's direct rule. Hell yeah. They, I mean, they're out of a job, you know, like, they yeah, would like, they're to like go, hey guys, <laughs> this sucks. I like that. You know, so uh, <laughs> Nepali Congress, who previously was like fine with what they were doing, kind of uh, Nepali Congress is there. Uh, Nepali Congress Democratic does not seem to have a difference from Nepali Congress. And in fact, they unify later. So uh, cool, whatever. But to make it seven, I guess. Maybe they split just to make it a good number. <laughs> Maybe. CPN Unified Marxist-Leninists. The Nepal Workers' Peasants Party. Uh, the Nepal Goodwill Party. Well, unable Ooh. to find much on them. Okay. That sound cute. Uh, the United Left Front, which was not a party itself. This was uh, this is like a revamp of the previous of the United OG Left one. Front. Yeah. So you have CPN's uh, Marxist, Marxist-Leninist, Marxist-Leninist-Maoist, uh, United and something called Nepal Samyabi Party, which is like the Marxist-Leninist Maoist because it's also Marxist-Leninist Maoist, but it's just using a different <laughs> language. I don't know. Okay. So United Left Front and the People's Front, which was the business nerds of a newly merged party, <laughs> CPN Masal and CPN Unity Center. They got back together. Oh, okay. Good, gotcha. And they formed a business nerds group called... Uh, the People's Front, which was, yeah, so their new party was called Unity Center Missile. This horribly complicated. The flowchart. Yeah, fuck. You can see why I may, did not attempt the flowchart. Yeah, I, will I was going to try it, like, tomorrow while I'm editing, but, like, wow, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be, it's it's going to be like um, Always Sunny where they have the it crazy It really chart. is. <laughs> I only know it because I've been soaking in it for however long. So the Seven Party Alliance is formed. They're mad that they got their parliament disbanded and so april 2006 they launch the democracy movement also called jana andalon part two the people's movement part two and this sees the seven party alliance the spa uh launch protests and strikes in the capital fuck yeah the maoists are not gone they're still pushing from their end. This is just sort of the more moderate group. They're doing protests. They're doing strikes in the capital. The government responds with, you know, very measured good <laughs> intentions. Just, you know, toss a couple canisters of tear gas in there. <laughs> shoot a, a few people. Kill like 23 protesters. Oh, fuck This is another turning point. This basically melts away most of the king's remaining support. I'm sure. This is... I mean, the guys there from there from the beginning, the guys that won the you know initial overwhelming support of the people, Nepali Congress, and you're tear gassing them and shooting them in the streets. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not a good look. 
And by now, the leftists have so much more support, too. These are the moderate leftists that you're shooting in the street, the ones who wanted to run in parliament and anything in the first place, you know, not to mention the Maoists who you're continuing to commit war crimes against. So really loses his support here. He agrees. Okay, yeah, we stepped overstepped. Fine. I'll let the parties pick a new prime minister. I'll let you guys have a parliament again. Uh, the Maoists say, this is not really We're going to throw you away. <laughs> yeah. We want a constituent assembly. That's what we've been demanding. We want a new constitution and we don't want a monarch, but they do a little bit of maneuvering here. And at first blush, it looks kind of like, really? Pretty soon after they, they say, hey, we're demanding, demanding, they announce a unilateral three months truce. And they say, uh, we're, we're going to, you know, whatever this constituent assembly thing for a new constitution, whatever it brings about, we're going to abide by it. If it's a constitutional monarchy, it's a constitutional monarchy, whatever, whatever people want, we're going to go for that. Mm. They get accused by more hardline elements, people I read on Reddit anyway, uh, <laughs> uh more dedicated, you know, communists or Marxist or whatever, of this being like a step in a revisionist direction. Or maybe just being soft and saying like, oh, you could have just driven the Civil War to a successful conclusion instead of stepping back. I thought it was like they're hedging their bets of like, yeah, everyone fucks it, fucking hates the king now. Like no one's going to vote for him. This is the, I think the better, I don't know if it's the better, but it is the more charitable interpretation of it. And it mm -hmm. does kind of make sense given the. Like we don't have to do violence. I mean, it seems like a smart way to not have to deal with that. Yeah, I'm, I think that this criticism, though, comes uh, from more of a point of view of wanting to establish more of a one-party program, which they mm, weren't really aiming for at this point. That was but, not their goal, so that's yeah. fine. But more of a, like, let's win the war and let's just, you know, dictatorship of the proletariat. Emphasis on more of a one-party approach. Yeah, so. yeah. I get it. I do. But I don't know. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, I think... You may have been right earlier. I hadn't thought about it that way, that with all these parties, might be good to go ahead and just do the multi-party <laughs> thing. Just admit, like, we're not getting there, guys. Yeah, like, maybe far down the road. But, <laughs> hmm. uh, so they say, okay, we're going we're gonna to cease fire. We're going to abide by whatever decision comes back. And this was seen as, like, an important step in the Maoists saying, like, we're willing to take part in the democratic process. Basically. And that probably buys them a lot of support too. Yeah. That's the idea here. I think I think it's clever. That was April 28th, May 18th parliament. They're back together again. They unanimously vote to strip the monarch of many of his powers. Many. Why not all? Why not throw the whole man out? They're not quite there yet in terms of like constitutionality. Oh, okay. This is just like, before we get the constitution, can we get this guy to shut up, please? Yeah, so okay. <laughs> they basically say, okay, he's no longer commander-in-chief, parliament's commander-in-chief. Cool. Uh, royal shit, we can tax that now, uh, which for, you know, such advanced, civilized, <laughs> whatever countries that they want to think themselves as, you know, mm -hmm. democratic and all this other stupid nonsense. The British, they don't tax their royals. No, they do not. So, so enlightened are they. <laughs> They eliminated royal references and titles. They made Nepal a secular country rather than a Hindu kingdom. And they just nixed the national anthem. 
<laughs> don't need this. We're going to get another so one, sucks. but until then, we just don't have one. <laughs> I mean, what if it was all like, we love the king, king is so cool. <laughs> it probably was something to that effect, you know? Oh, they're like, this won't do. We really cannot have this. All right. Uh, so in August, the government, the... The Constitution-making folks. Well, we're not quite there yet, but the government, oh, the uh, <laughs> Seven Party Alliance, and the uh, Malice Center all agree, okay, we're going to bring this thing to a close. We're going to have UN supervision. They're going to come in and make sure everybody's, you know, turning in weapons and stuff like that, disarming, getting ready for peace. Okay. Okay. Making a face, but okay. <laughs> UN's not always to be liked, but in November, they all signed the Comprehensive Peace Accord formally ending the civil war and so then uh in 2007 they draw up an interim constitution which basically just says we're going to do a constituent assembly so that we can elect people to draft a new constitution okay it's like hold on we're getting there yes yeah it puts the process in, in place and it's a long and complicated process that we're not going to dive fully into because it's annoying uh it's like you would hate to have lived through it that you would don't, be so you don't want to listen to it. So <laughs> boil it down. There is this election. And through this long process, they're going to have that election. They're going to abolish the monarchy. And then they're going to figure out gradually this new constitution. 2008, they have the election. How's it go? Malice Center wins. Fuck yeah. The peasants, like revolutionary yeah, guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. These okay, guys. Okay. Making sure I uh, have the right people in mind. Yeah. They win. Nepali Congress comes in second. And the unified Marxist-Leninists come in third. Not bad. Okay. Yeah. What I mean, like, what have we had a socialist, a communist party? <laughs> oh, I know. Very good. Don't get me wrong. We had a communist party come in third, and they were not <laughs> even the best performing. No, party. not compared like, to the Maoists. 220 seats to 110 seats to 103 <gasps> seats. Wow, that's really good. Yeah. And even, like, the middle guys, like, they're not great, but, like, at least we're not trying to bring that fucking king back. Yeah, at the time, they're, you know, I mean, they're social democratic. They're getting worse by the day, but, like, you know. <laughs> not bad. They're not I'll right wing. It. Exactly. <laughs> they made some pretty big decisions already, so I'm into it. So Prachanda goes from being a Maoist rebel insurgent <gasps> to prime minister. Prachanda! So that's a big deal. They get together. The Constituent Assembly, their main task is let's draw up the Constitution, right? Uh, they meet together, but they're like, we need to knock something out first. And that's this damn king. So we're going to vote now. <laughs> Can we just kick this guy out? Basically, that's what they decide. They're like, we're empowered to make the new Constitution. We're empowered to do that. So we're going to vote to declare Nepal a federal democratic republic. And we're going to abolish the monarchy. Fucking finally. The vote is successful. 560 to four. <laughs> Poor guys. And they, they give the old king 15 days to leave. Hell yeah. Like the palace. I don't think they actually yeah, they kick were, him out. Like altogether. exile. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he agrees. He, he just, he gets the fuck out. <laughs> and then here's where the really frustrating part happens because they, they argue a whole bunch about like, oh, how are we going to share power? Blah, 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 blah. And they end up just running out of time to oh, no. do a new constitution. So what they have to do is have another assembly election <laughs> in 2013. Wow. And the second one actually does get the job done and becomes its new parliament. 
until their first general election under the new constitution, <laughs> which was in 2017. Jesus, constitutions take a while to make, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Can't just whip those things together. But that's what they have now. You know, it, it sets up, you know, a, a, a democratic system of government with, I mean, a, an impressive array of political parties. So these are national parties that have at least one first-past-the-post seat in the National Assembly, like the House of Representatives, and at least 3% of the total proportional representation. What this means is they have a split system. Some of their seats are decided by proportional representation. Just you tally up all the votes, you allocate the seats by percentage of vote you got, and the parties get to pick who that's going to be. The other one, first-past-the-post, is where, kind of like we do, you run somebody for each constituency, whoever wins there, whoever gets the, you know, the most gets that seat. So, yeah, they have a mix. Anyway, you, ha- you uh, do well enough in either one of those, then you be- you're considered a national party. You're, you're a big dog, right? Yeah. So they have Nepali Congress. We know about them. They have unified Marxist-Leninists. They have Maoist Center. Uh, they have the Rastriya Swanarta Party, which is... Let me read a little bit about them. I forgot which one of these were. Do, do, do. They have a cool bell as their logo. Oh, yeah. Let me give you the uh, thing. Social liberalism, progressivism, and populism. Some of that's okay. Some, Some of that's, that's good. Participatory democracy, progressivism, and political freedom. Center left, centrist, and center right by different members within the party. So, yeah. like, probably to the left, probably a liberal American Democrat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually a liberal one. Yeah. All right, that's the list for the logos, so you can... Let me check out these logos. Ooh, okay. I'm looking at a list of symbols. These are all great. Yeah. Uh, The kind of center-right, the the nationalist-slash-constitutional monarchist party, that's like the crappiest one, I guess. (laughs) Then you have People's Socialist Party. Mm, A little umbrella. Janamath Party, uh, which is also social democracy. Uh, The Nepal Socialist Party... It's like democratic socialism. You have kind of like a little bit more minor parties of the, the uh, CPN Unified Socialist. You have another social democracy party with the bicycle, the uh, Democratic Socialist Party Nepal. You have the People's Freedom Party, which is kind of a social democracy party. It's just like you run down the Then you have... Uh, yeah, these are all cool parties. Yeah, like there's... <laughs> like the worst ones are like the... And they're minor Really, down here in the local government, you do have a right-wing party, which, that sucks. But that's one out of center-left, 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 left-wing, left-wing. That's amazing. Left wing. Like, that's what they're rocking, you know? Yeah, that's so cool. So very impressive, I think. Uh-huh. And you can say, oh, yeah, they're very parliamentarian, or they're very reformist, or whatever. But, you know, it, it could be way worse. <laughs> yeah, they must be doing something right to have that many left-wing parties. That's just impressive. Now, I will say that Nepal today is... Because, I mean, that's where we are at in history at this point, after going through that timeline. Their economy is still considered developing. It has reduced poverty rates, but it's you know still like 9.3%. But they are on track, on track to eradicate poverty in 20 years. You know, considering that that's even a goal for them is yeah, impressive. For real. <laughs> uh, compared to us, we seem to be we love seeing it. how high we can rack it up. <laughs> Truly. Uh, inequality, I thought this was funny. Wikipedia was like, they struggle with inequality. The highest 10% of households control 39.1% of the national wealth. That's and the cute. lowest 10% control only 
That's really fucking cute. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to endorse that and say like this. No, is... I'm not saying it's good, but that's adorable that you're concerned about it. Wikipedia. Yeah. So our own editorialize our own Federal Reserve data for the U.S. <laughs> in 2022. They have no interest in making these numbers any any better than they are or any worse than they are. Rather, our top 10 percent. What percentage do you think is that? Oh, God, like. 99 that's a little high yeah but um okay our top 10 definitely in the 90s our top 10 percent only has 68 percent of the wealth what yeah okay we have it's like i said we have too many millionaires and stuff too many people Mm. who are in that like top 50 percent yeah okay that's that's where you lose a lot of it but anyway top 10 percent have 68 percent rather than uh 39 (laughs) percent and the bottom 50 (laughs) percent I couldn't get a number for the lowest no. 10%. The bottom 50% have 3.3%. Jesus Christ. So it's even smaller for the bottom 10%. They have like 0. 0.00 Zero. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They might as well just not have anything. Yeah. So Which they don't. <laughs> so Nepal, I don't think struggles as much with inequality <laughs> as we do. Yeah. I feel like they should include that stat too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Comparison. Uh, but I mean, I, I guess, again, I won't say it's great. It's, it's no. what you expect from a social democracy, but I... You know, I, I think you can't get all the way with social democracy. I don't think it's likely, but you're fighting way better fights. You are. <laughs> in a you are at least on the same us. goddamn page. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's the brief history, the brief story of how Nepal got to where it is today. Like I said, they still struggle with a lot of stuff. I mean, they had a, a long civil war. They had a long dictatorship that kept holding them back. So I think it's impressive what the extent to which they've advanced and their political system, whatever its flaws, still, I think, might have some lessons for us, too. Yeah. So, I mean, you talked briefly about the economy, but like, are there any other like, are they working on those improvements that they mentioned in that like big list of 40 things? They are, but I don't know the amount of progress that they've made. I mean, this is all very recent. Yeah, it's not so they haven't had a whole lot of time. I think literacy has somewhat improved. Um, they've, from my understanding, made improvements in healthcare, but like just not to where you would want them to be. Uh, is, is the life expectancy has increased, uh, infant mortality has gone down. So the classic, I mean, the, the classic when the communists take over, <laughs> just weird, <laughs> just less, you know, not as much, but. But yeah, I don't know. I think that they've that they are to be commended for the struggle that they fought, even if it's kind of incomplete. I think. I think so. I'm really curious to see how they develop. I mean, this is interesting because it is so recent that like I'm just like, oh, what's going to happen? Because like, you know, we've talked about like Kerala and we've talked about like Vietnam, and we we tend to see the backslide of of socialism like that's kind of more the timeline we're in right now so i'm really curious to see what happens in the future with these guys yeah and that's i think where some of the criticism comes in of like well these guys are reformists these guys are you know not doing as much as they could is like how much of that are we going to see or how much is already going on of these parties like getting too involved with just governmental matters and not with the masses you know or is that like an overblown worry I don't know. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, I don't, for, this is maybe 
an incorrect assumption to make. But like the fact that there are so many parties, like as much as I complained about all the fucking splits, <laughs> that also signifies that like there's a lot of politically active people around like yeah. unless it's just one guy in each party like it's me it's the bill <laughs> party you know like that doesn't yeah. make any sense so like to me that that shows that there is a lot of interest in like a healthy incorporation of i mean i'm i'm, I'm making a lot of assumptions here maybe it, they are pretty small parties but like to me that is promising uh, the other aspect of that like we saw is as long as you can band together and, and have some sort of common beliefs it's kind of cool if you can you know, go on the Nepalese version of BuzzFeed and, and take a little quiz of <laughs> which communist party are you, you know, and <laughs> go sign up for that one. Uh-huh, exactly. And, like, I mean, the fact, again, that they even have eliminating poverty as a goal, like, that's impressive. And I, I know that sounds like so basic kindergarten-level shit, but, like, I don't know, I'm readers, I'm, I'm readers, listeners, I'm reading <laughs> uh, the, uh, the ragged trousered philanthropist right now. So I'm, I'm just, I'm in that headspace of just like, just purposeful murder of poor people, essentially through neglect. So yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm in right now. My headspace is in like, eight nineteenth, probably early uh, 20th century uh, workmen in London. So it's rough times. Oh, well, depending on where you are, it's rough times <laughs> in various places of the global oh, periphery. Oh, right fucking now. And yeah, and even here, I mean, in, you know, different places are, are essentially deliberately, I don't know, internally colonized or something, but like stomped on by their own government, you know, they're deliberately trying to kill people here too. I totally believe it. And like deliberately, you could say in terms of, yeah, like active police violence and things like that but also the system itself is designed to to squeeze the life out of people for profit juice mm, profit mm, juice. delicious profit juice now <laughs> with extra microplastics oh yeah extra pulp <laughs> like extra microplastics. <laughs> that's the pulp <laughs> oh sorry to bring us down <laughs> at the end i always bring us down we have to yeah, no, we can't leave this too too excited. <laughs> but I am. Okay. <laughs> what is happening next week? Next week, we're getting out the guns and shooting the shit. Oh, shit. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I haven't researched anything else yet. Yeah, great. <laughs> you need time. I do. Okay. Well, I'll start writing things down that I want to talk to you about. Like a normal human interaction with a sibling. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fine. Well, you know, we talk about things and then talk about things. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, I'll see you then. All right, bye. Bye. Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts, or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to 
are notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up and coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So ain't going to line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Tee Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.